0: Well, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Events with Benefits, a podcast designed to help nonprofit organizations raise more money and achieve greater success at your fundraising events.
1: Today's episode is brought to you in part by our friend Danny Hooper. He's a professional fundraising auctioneer and the auction of a best-selling book called Easy Money, How to Generate Record Profits at Your Next Fundraising Auction Event. If you haven't checked it out already, and just so you know, uh, you will get tips in there that will pay for the cost of the book itself and more. You can find it on Amazon by searching for Danny Hooper or go to dannyhooper.com.
0: And today's show is also brought to you by our good friends at Winspire. They are the industry leader in providing unique bucket list, no-risk travel packages for your fundraising events. And these incredible experiences, you can use them in your live auction, silent auction, raffle prizes, wherever. And the neatest thing is there's absolutely no risk at all because you'll only pay for the trips that raise money at your events. So you don't pay a penny until the trips have sold. And for more information, you can go to WinspireMe.com. And
1: here's our co-host Ian Loth, Vice President of marketing at Winspire. That's me. And you just heard from Danny and then also Renee over there uh, because the uh, third and final uh, sponsor of this podcast is Donation Match, which donate uh, which Renee was the founder uh, of. And so uh, Donation Match is your one-stop shop for event donations and give back opportunities. And it's a, just a fabulous service. You can check it out at donationmatch.com. It's for uh, matching your cause with local and national companies who are willing to donate products and services for your fundraising event. And today – we have a fabulous guest, uh, auctioneer uh, out of the Southeast, uh, Benjamin Farrell, uh, who just had a tremendous amount of uh, uh, tips and tricks that uh, he had to share today about his fundraising experience. You know,
0: and for the benefit auctioneer specialists uh, there, we uh, there's a lot of similarities from one to the next, but there are also a lot of Absolutely. differences, and each one seems to ha- have his or her unique tools, uh, tips, techniques, strategies, and we're going to find out a bunch of really interesting ones right now from uh, Ben. So let's get started. Well, Ben, thanks for joining us on the podcast here today, Events with Benefits. We always enjoy talking to professional benefit auctioneer specialists because it seems everybody always has something uh, fresh and interesting uh, to input and uh, some great tricks of the trade. So you're based out there in Raleigh, North Carolina. Let's get started. Uh, First of all, we'll uh, talk about uh, your history and your background and uh, how did you get drawn into the nonprofit space?
2: Well, super interesting uh, scenario that led me to benefit auctioneering. Number one, my wife and I bought our first house at an auction, amazing home out on 10 acres. Uh, Couldn't believe it was possible, but sure enough, it was. That's an entire podcast all on its own, how we ended up with that property, uh, maybe for another day. But the good news was um, I was traveling. She was home. That's why she's the veteran auction buyer, and I'm the veteran auction seller at this point. She, She raised her hand and was the last one to do so. We got the house met the auctioneer, thought the whole thing was great, started following him around, buying everything that we needed for a 10-acre farm. And uh, lo and behold, though, a few years later, um, I was so excited. I wanted to become an auctioneer. I've been going to all the auctions. I got my auctioneer's license. And then very quickly, and uh, soon after, uh, my youngest child was ill. He was very young, and he was having a lot of challenges. And we needed to support him. And at the time, um our insurance company was not helping us in the way that we wanted them to to stay nicely and so i said i know what to do we're gonna have a fundraising auction i learned about this an auctioneer school Hall school of auctioneering and so i was working for a city at the time and i emailed all users danny on the email all users on the outlook and that means um the mayor and the police chief fire chief everyone and everyone uh, got my email message and here's what i said. Please look in your homes and find three things that you could part with. Please donate three items because we're going to do a big-time auction, and we're going to raise money to help my son. And I said, I've been in many of your houses, and you know what? They look like the cracker barrel. There's stuff on the floor and the ceiling and everything else. You can part with three things. And uh, let me tell you, people really, really amazed us, Uh, people that I knew and people that I didn't know. Um, people that I thought were, um, burned out and angry and didn't, didn't, uh, didn't love anyone, man, they really stepped up. People gave us money. People gave us furniture. People gave us vacation homes. It was truly amazing. And when I was on the stage now, imagine this for all of you fundraisers out there, this auction lasted for eight hours. <laughs> wow. it, it was a, it was amazing. Now this was just like a good old fashioned, um, uh, auction you would find out in the countryside but it was eight hours of donation we raised all the money plus more that we needed we helped another family who we'd met along the way who had twin boys who are equally having some challenges and in that moment everything was changed for me and I knew this was the direction in life I would go and that's when it started and uh, nonstop ever since and now work with over 100 Uh, charities across the country
0: just simply amazing Ben that is an amazing story really incredible well let's uh let's uh, go back now to uh, 2004 you were certified even though you had been doing fundraising auctions for many years leading up to 2004 but at that point you got certified as a benefit auctioneer specialist and perhaps you can describe to our listeners what that entails
2: well, just so, you know, I decided very quickly that my focus was going to be on fundraising auctions, uh, not not anything else. I, that was where my heart was, my love was, and so I decided to make that a super clear focus. See, in the auction industry, you know, in the years gone by, the very popular phrase was, one call and we'll sell it all, meaning if you have something to sell, you just call us no matter what it is and we'll be good at it. Well, as uh, industry began to shift, Specialization became the key, and so I knew very quickly that fundraising auctions, supporting nonprofits and charities, where I wanted to be, and so I put all of my focus on on the fundraising. And so that's when I decided every bit of education I received, every bit of um, energy I put into my craft and my skill was in benefit auctions. And so that is where I have remained ever since.
0: Ben, in your mind and your words, what are some of the things, some of the key points that differentiate a professional fundraising auctioneer from an auctioneer who specializes perhaps in livestock or antiques or automobiles? What sets the fundraising auctioneers apart?
2: Well, for sure, fundraising auctioneers must have uh, the ability to understand their audiences and a way to relate to them and communicate with them also to be available to represent the charities in all of their unique capacities. Every charity has its own language and its own special connection with the donor base, and that auctioneer as a fundraiser must understand that and be able to use those words and communicate in a way that is beneficial for both the donor and the charity. So it's not so much as finding a particular item and then marketing it. You know, a lot of auctioneers, their specialties in marketing the item pre-event, and building these lists of buyers in the benefit world our specialty becomes how do we create an environment of giving creating an environment at the gala at the event and supporting a charity throughout the entire process from the very beginning to promotion into a timeline and what items work with the experience that we have we want to help our charities and you know Something that I've learned over the years, charities have a major challenge, and that is keeping people on staff year after year. some of you know some of the major charities I work with. One example, they have a new development person every year for the last eight years. So one great resource we can be as fundraising auctioneers is to be a sturdy foundation of information and experience. So as new people come into the roles development, We can share our experience about what works, but more importantly, what doesn't work so that this one night of year, our charities can be both successful, they can be efficient, and of course, above all else, they can be profitable.
0: We were talking here at Winspire's office, Ian Loth, the Vice President of Marketing, and my co-host on the show, and Renee Zhao, We were having a conversation, uh, Renee, of course, with Donation Match, but we were having a conversation one day uh, during lunch, and, you know, I... uh, I said to the to my team here I said you know in my mind what differentiates a fundraising auctioneer or benefit auctioneer specialist from another auctioneer is that other types of auctioneers are concerned with one thing and that's how much value can they get from this cow or this car Whereas we tend yep. to look at things differently, we walk into a room full of people and we say, "How much money is there potentially in this room, and how do we go about getting it?" And as fundraising auctioneers, you know, and I know that we carry sizable toolboxes, and we've got our tricks of the trade and our tools that we use. And each of us have something a little different from the from the next auctioneer. What are some of the things that you see that work well for you for extracting extra money out of a room?
2: Well, you've uh, you have really painted the picture to a T there because. Uh, I always view every fundraising event a lot like people would view their retirement, lots of buckets, lots of areas that we need to invest our energies and our focus so that when people come into a room, you have, of course, your hardcore, super dedicated donors and supporters, but you also have those invited guests. And then you have some of those people kind of in the middle. And my goal, my job is to get, uh, hopefully inspire all of them to make an investment in the charity. So, you know, one way, one thing that I, I do at every single event is, is find some creative way that allows every person in the room to participate. So I would say at 90% of my events, we have a silent auction of some sort. We obviously are going to have a live auction. We always have a fund to need, a cattle raise. Uh, but we also have interactive games that can be played. We always, we always at every paddle race, we will come up with a creative way to use one of the donation levels so that everyone can give. And if some people have given once, it's going to be an easy way for them to give again. You can call it maybe a, a final sweep. I really like to, I really like to attach a significant value and meaning uh, to a particular level, and then give an opportunity. For everyone to give. So, you know, a great example recently was honoring a young man who had been in the hospital for a hundred days. His mother was worried about his emotional well-being and his psychology. She said, you know what? He's getting depressed. This young man had a congenitive heart uh, a defect and he'd been on a heart transplant donor list for many years. She said, look, we've got to keep him going. We have to keep his faith up. We have to keep him inspired. So we're throwing him a party." And she called her friends, and she called the people at the church, and she got people to come down and sing, and she was getting balloons. She was putting all this party together when she received a phone call. And the phone call was her son, and she said, he said, Mom, they're not giving me my lunch. And she said, you let me get a hold of them on the phone, find out what's happening. And they said, well, we didn't want to tell you until you got back here. We believe there's a donor match. We believe your son's new heart is on the way. So if you can imagine, she's throwing the party before she even knows the good news. Hmm. Well, by the next day, the heart had arrived, a successful transplant, and you can imagine this young person came onto our stage and said, from the bottom of my new heart, I want to thank every single one of you here for making a difference in my life. And we said, well, how about in honor of these hundred days of resilience and a hundred days of grit and a hundred days of determination, faith, and love, let's just hold up our cards now. -hmm. In the one hundred for recognizing 100 days with $100, and it was the highest level of participation we had. You can imagine, with 800 people in the room, that was a sizable increase to their fund to need. So, you know, that is is one way, but another thing we do is to make the mobile bidding super fun um, and challenging so that there's maybe a game or some sort of fun element that's attached to it. And, you know, we call that the fund to need finale. And uh, we've had a great time with that this year.
0: So, how does that work? Explain that to me.
2: So, the fund to need finale. Of course, we know from um, we know from how to win friends and influence people. There's nothing greater to the sound of any individual than the sound of their own name. And so, with mobile bidding companies, you're, you allow a donor to give at any amount they want to give. And once they make that donation on their smartphone. Their name is displayed on the screen for the entire room to see. Does it show show the
0: amount of the bid as well or just their name?
2: It does not show the amount. So what the room sees is the aggregate total, meaning our current total of how much we've raised during the fund to need. So it may say, you know, $98,000. And when you make a donation, it says thank you and your name. And then it goes from 98, say, to 99. So it's, it's, the number is climbing in real time. Mm. But the name, of course, it comes up one at a time, which is the way I like it. And when the next person makes a donation, their name is displayed. So if you can think of it in the terms of the last donation that's made, that's the name that is viewed on the screen. Mm. So what we love to do at the very end of the night when people are really at full tilt in celebration mode, we say, look at what we've raised so far. And we put that number up there and I say, you know what? The great countdown is on. I'm going to give you five more minutes. I'm looking at the screen and I see Ian Law's name up on the screen. You know mm-hmm. what Ian, this is a great time to stand up and take a selfie because that's going to look good on your Snapchat, your Periscope, your Facebook, <laughs> you name it, Instagram. It's going to look good, my friend. So stand up and take a picture. Um, but we say, I got a little surprise for you because when we count down from five minutes to zero, The last name, the last donation that makes it to the cloud and back down to the screen, I've got a special gift for you. Now, of course, this gift can be anything. This gift can be anything from a bottle of champagne to the tickets to next year's event. But the point is it's going to be a gift. So I'm reading the names, and I'm also telling the audience, hey, we're at 99. Do you think we can get to 100? If we get to 100, do you think we can get to 105? And I say, thank you, Ian. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Adam. Look, we're at 105. Can we get to 110? And so we are coaching the audience to go just a little bit further. I'm emphasizing the names so that the people in the audience, if their name is not on the board, they want to get on the board. And you can imagine when you get down to the final 30 seconds, if you have 500 people in the room, I want to have uh, 100 of them. I want 50 of them to make a donation in the final seconds. It is so fun, so exciting, and when you see the last name on the screen, we just, you know, big shout out, give the confetti, give the uh, Hawaiian lathe, whatever it's going to be for the celebration that night, and award them the prize. And it also, as the benefit auctioneer, allows me to push for our stretch goals. So no matter how great we've done with auctions and paddle raise, now with the Fontanique finale, I'm able, in a nice way, not to say, uh, squeezing blood from the turnip as some people like to phrase sometimes not that's not it at all. This is simply icing on the cake, extra money, dollars for fun. Now this is all for fun and winning a prize. Hmm. Really, really fun.
0: Great. Now this is something I want to stress that you'll never see at a livestock auction. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That, 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 yeah. I got one on the ground walking around. Yes, no, no, <laughs> you yeah. not
0: do that. And so that's why it's important, you know. We so often see our our good friends, our peers in the industry. You know, the the livestock auctioneers, the auto auctioneers, the antique auctioneers, willing to donate the, their time, and that's a good gesture of the heart. But it really doesn't serve the organization at all. When they come in to donate their time to do these auctions for free, but they don't have these techniques, they don't have these strategies, they don't have these software platforms like you're using for your mobile betting uh, to execute at this level, and as a result... So much of the money in the room at your event just walks out the door at the end of the night, and that is the biggest sin of all. I think after volunteers have worked so hard, you talk about, you know, the the turnover uh, from year to year with these committees, and and not just the turnover with the perhaps the paid staff, uh, but also the volunteers and. Uh, it's so sad to see these organizations work so hard to get tickets sold, get people in the room, get that money in the room, and then to watch it leave at the end of the night. So I applaud you on this one. What's the uh, platform, the software platform that you use for your mobile bidding and for uh, executing things like this uh, fundraising finale or the fund-a-need finale? Well,
2: I'll tell you, since uh, since 2008, uh, I have really worked closely with One Cause, and One Cause has the scoreboard that I just described. Um, now you can imagine for those of you listening, you know something that comes this comes up over and over and over again. This is one of the most frequently asked questions. They'll say, "We're going to be using the mobile bidding. We're going to be using the smartphones. Everyone has a smartphone, of course, so uh, it's super easy. People can give at levels they want to give. But one thing I love to stress is that when you're using mobile bidding for a fund and e paddle raise, that people give more than once, and they rarely do that in the other format. So. Um, One cause can create a custom scoreboard, and a lot of people will ask me, look, what if we do a thermometer? And let's do a thermometer. That way, when we get to the goal, we're all celebrating. Well, the challenge, the big challenge with the thermometer is twofold. Number one, what if you don't get there? What if your goal is 100,000 and you get to 98,000? Well, guess what people are perceiving? They didn't do it. They only got 98,000 in six minutes. They only got 98,000 in six minutes. I can't believe they didn't hit their goal. So there's a perception of lack of success, and we want every perception of every donor to be a total success. And so that, we never want anyone leaving thinking this charity has not done the very best that it could do. And the second issue is if things are going great, which they often are, the thermometer is a limit. It is a ceiling and I want no ceiling. That's why we hold the auctions in the first place, because there is no ceiling. The donors and the audience will drive the funding. So uh, with a thermometer, you get to the goal, everyone drops their phones, they're all high-fiving, look at us, we did it. Well, uh, without that ceiling, we could have gone even higher. So that's why I like a, a board with nothing but the total amount we're raising in one name at a time. Mm. You know, the other thing I want to highlight here. Is that there is an option to to list the names in a c- continuous stream? Meaning, then you make a you make a donation, Ian, you make a donation, Renee, you make a donation. Then it just has your names looping over and over. Hmm. Well, I want your name to disappear because I want you to feel uh, the pull of recognition. So that when you give again, your name is up, and this is something we do almost every event. I will a name that is challenging, a name I've never seen before, a name that I have trouble pronouncing. Mm-hmm. So I will do my very best. It will sound terrible. I will then say, ladies and gentlemen, I clearly and obviously don't know how to pronounce your name. If you keep giving, I'll keep trying. So give again and I'll try again. So let's keep going. No, that's good. And that, yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a fun way to, uh, you know, to recognize people. People love to be recognized for their donations.
0: How much do you think you're able to increase the results, the financial results for your clients versus uh, the local weatherman coming in and doing the auction?
2: Any any way to quantify that?
0: I know you you probably track your your data. Can you fairly carefully uh, justify saying that you can guarantee an increase of a certain percentage? Or
2: well, you know, I try not to really say it that way, but I, I, do, I do always remind every charity that they've never hired a professional. I, I generally say, look, the very first organization that hired me. I said, listen, I'd love to come and observe. I just want to share with you what I've been learning. I think we could help you raise more money. They said we've got a free auctioneer. He's donated his time. He's been here for 10 years. Every year for 10 years, we've raised $50,000, and we're very satisfied. I said, great. Uh, I will just observe and I'll give you a report. If there's anything that you can benefit from, I'm happy to help you do that. Well, about a week before the event, the the free auctioneer called to say he had another offer down at the beach and he was gone off to the beach. Uh, I stepped in and instead of raising 50, which they've done for 10 years in a row, they raised 75. The next year, 95. The next year, 125. Mm-hmm. So I simply say, um, that is one example, but we have dozens and dozens of examples of where people have simply raised more money uh, using our professional services than using those that are free. Yeah. And in addition to raising more money, Danny, the experience of the donors is increased. And I can't stress how important this is. There is a, been a, there is a strong pull and demand on the donor's attention like never before uh, the distractions for our attention are are pulled in every direction. So if a donor comes to your event and they don't have a great time and they don't feel honored and they don't feel celebrated, the next year when you invite them to come back, they may look at your event and they may look at another event and decide to go somewhere else. So as much as I'm focused on money, I'm equally focused on the donor experience. I want this auction to be fun. Mm -hmm. You've probably received this phone call too. They'll say, look, Last year, we did pretty good. We still have to raise pretty good money. But the auction dragged on and on and on. And they use words like, it was painful, or words like, it was awkward. And we never hear those words following our events. Our events are full of energy. They're very fast-paced. The auction is structured in a way that is super efficient. Uh, the funding needs supports that, giving everyone a chance to participate. So, number one, we guarantee... You're going to raise all the money you can possibly raise. Number two, your donors are going to have a great time and a great experience and everyone's going to feel valued and celebrated.
0: Ben, what are the uh, most popular items that you are seeing in your live auction at your events now?
2: Well, number two, and this has been, uh, this has been the case for many years now, uh, Number number one and number two, of course, are access to things that you normally don't have access to. And what I mean that these are custom experiences that you simply can't get on your own. One of our standing jokes, we'd refuse to let it go, Danny, is uh, you can check your email for the next several weeks or years, I would suspect, and you'll never find a Groupon for this next item, okay? (laughs) No (laughs) Groupon for this. So these are unique. They are special. They're fun. And... uh, One thing that people are loving is the custom experience with a chef, a chef that comes into your home. You're co-creating a menu. You're co-creating meals. It's something that you can share with a large group of friends and it's all done easily in your own home. And of course, the second one is travel. People love to travel and they want to go somewhere that is nice. They want to go somewhere that is exclusive and they want to go somewhere that oftentimes is on their bucket list. So, you know, traveling and these specialty meal things, experiences and access have just been
0: uh, amazing. Now, what's your experience been selling the uh, consignment travel packages uh, that companies like Winspire offer?
2: Well, I've had tremendous, tremendous success, of course, uh, for all the reasons that if you're listening, you probably already know the biggest benefit of all is selling these multiple, multiple trips. So, uh, I can't tell you how many times an executive director, development director, said, "You know, last year we put together this trip of our own, and you know, it's been back and forth on the email and everybody's calendars, and all the time that is spent managing donor and winner and travel and calendar is very demanding. So it is so nice when there's a concierge service, someone that can help the winner. They basically look at the calendar, plan their trip. We've just had a ton of success, and here recently." Um, What I've been doing is asking the audience, once we get to a high-priced winner and I announce sold, I say, look around the room. Why don't you invite someone to travel with? Who else wants to go? And so it's a great way of doubling, tripling, and quadrupling these packages. So very easy, and uh, the choice is amazing, which I'm sure you will agree, when it comes to live auction and donor experience, donors need choices. Uh, people often say, look, Ben, what's going to be better? Is it going to be Tuscany or is it going to be Washington, D.C.? Of course, they really actually never compare those two items. But they say, well, if you, it was up to you, which trip would you select? And I say, well, I've got a crystal ball, but it's never been very clear to me uh, what to do. It's best if you give your, with your donors and your bidders a choice. So let them look at two or three trips. And then let them decide where they want to go. The more choice, the more opportunity.
1: Great, great stuff, Ben. I totally agree. And uh, I appreciate you highlighting the the importance of travel for the fundraising auction. Um, you know, one thing, I did a presentation or a webinar recently uh, all about how to identify high net worth donors in the audience and, and using – you know, those big travel packages or, or live auction items to do that. Uh, do you have any tips for, you know, h- you know how you can use, uh, how to identify those, uh, you know, VIP donors who might not be kind of on your normal, um, normal, regular donors uh, to try to kind of get them to come out of the woodwork um, b- based on their participation?
2: well it's a great question and this comes up of course as the number one question across the board how do we get new people well it really does still it still begins with your current donors those people who like know love and trust you and what we've been doing here recently is identifying a small group of those committed donors we're inviting them to come to the charity the charity giving them a presentation they say listen the event is coming up here in about 10 months we need to fill this room now we want to identify people who are in your social circles. These are people you work with, you go to church with, that you, uh, you go to other fundraising events with. Identify those individuals, invite them to come with you at your table. Now, it's not just enough to invite them to the table, but you invite them with real intention. You invite them with the intention of saying, listen, I want you to join me at this fundraising event. We're going to spend money. We're going to have fun. We are spending and investing in this charity, and we're going to have a blast. And uh, because you're on board early, I want to ask you, if you could go anywhere in the world, where do you want to go? And we give them some opportunities to consider so that we, months in advance, we know, number one, they're going to come. Number two, they're invited of a person that already believes in the charity. And then number three, we're going to ask them to identify for us places they want to go, things they want to see. So this happened uh, not that long ago out in San Jose, California. In fact, there was so much feedback. And uh, for the Kentucky Derby, this was on many people's list. They really wanted to go to the Kentucky Derby. And so, you know what? We got in the Kentucky Derby. And they, they were so excited about it, they decided that their theme would be Kentucky Derby. So everything led up to the moment. There was great anticipation. So people were arriving with the clear intention and plan and focus. One, we're supporting the charity. Two, we want Kentucky Derby. We're going to bid on the Kentucky Derby, and we're going to do whatever it takes to win it. And uh, because it was a large group of people, we sold multiple packages with great success.
0: Great. Well, now the Kentucky Derby trip is one of the Windspire offerings. Uh, Ian,
1: what are some of the other real popular uh, trip packages that you folks have to offer? Absolutely. Yeah, Kentucky Derby is uh, one of the ones that's up there. Ben, you mentioned the Tuscany. That's actually been a top seller this year, um, and it's been just really strong at a lot of events. There's a Tuscany Truffle Hunt, a Tuscany Tour, uh, chef experience. Uh, also, of course, just the Napa Valleys and uh, Hamilton. Uh, it's actually no longer Hamilton Broadway that's as popular. It's Hamilton Chicago. Uh, got a good, good little foodie uh, a Hamilton experience that you can do there so you know it's it's like like Ben said in the beginning right it's all about that exclusive access that you can't normally get on your own if you're just coming in off the street you, it's hard to get uh, behind the scenes meeting the cast of Hamilton uh, and that's what people pay top dollar for because that's, that's all about perceived value right we talk about the fair market value a lot when it comes to auction items um, but what really matters is the perceived value like in that example you just shared about the Kentucky Derby right the perceived value for a kentucky derby ticket was through the roof because everyone's probably wearing their hats and uh getting into the theme and so uh when you get up there and you start painting that picture on stage uh it doesn't really matter at all what the fair market value is uh because people are going to pay what you know what other people are paying and it's for a good cause and all these things contribute to uh to a bidding wars and, and increasing the perceived value Another nice thing about the, that I like about the consignment
0: packages is that 99% of the time they come with airfare included, but the, on, the, on the odd uh, occasion, Ben, in your experience where you're selling a package where there is no airfare, suppose it's not a consignment package, but somebody has arranged a trip to a, a really exciting donation, but they don't have airfare, how do you approach that?
2: Well, i tell you, we get a lot of feedback. A lot of people are really, of course, building their own points. They're using their credit card to buy groceries and everything else so they can accrue points. It's a real real point mentality across America now. So uh, what we have done is we will take some sponsorship dollars or even we'll, we'll request this as a sponsorship, but we'll set aside some money so that we can, in the form of a travel card, gift card, cash, otherwise, um, give that as additional monies toward the winning bidder so they they can use this. Look, if they already have miles and they want to use their own, hey, then use this money on um, extra excursions or activities once you've gotten to your destination. Or if you just want to you know, spend a little bit extra when you're on your trip, whatever it is, it's money that the winners can use. But we always love to supplement that uh, if we don't have that airfare included with some dollars to support the travel needs of uh, the Winning bidder.
0: Very good. I've had success on a couple of occasions. Well, more than that, a number of occasions, where right at the event, I've asked if there's anybody in the room would consider donating travel points and underwrite the airfare and attaching it to a to a package. And often you'll get people responding positively for that ask.
2: Oh, that's a fantastic idea! In fact, um, I will tell you, we have a very interesting place off the coast of North Carolina. In fact, it's uh, nearly 30 miles off the coast. A gentleman purchased a um, a former geological weather station so initially this was built as maybe a well you can picture a big well drilling platform so a huge platform 30 miles at sea and he converted this into what a bed and breakfast it was called the frying pan tower let me tell you what if you're an adventure seeker you would be going 30 miles to spend the night out at open sea and uh At this event, someone said, I want to go, but you know, I've got no boat to get out there. And the gentleman, just as you described, said, I've got the boat, I've got the space, I will take you there. If you don't want to spend the time by boat, hey, you can go by helicopter because there was a helicopter landing pad, but what a great
0: place. Yeah, cool. Well, that's a strategy and a (laughs) technique that uh, organizers listening to the podcast right now should keep in mind that very often, uh, even if you have a, maybe somebody's donated a dinner but uh, have not included the wine with the dinner, that you can just ask, is there anybody in the room here would consider donating you know, six bottles of wine for this dinner for eight people or whatever, and people will respond. Uh, so, Great just to kind of little, yeah, little little idea there for you. Uh, well, that's good. So, um, what else is uh, is hot out there? What do you think is trending? Do you, Do you see any changes? You've been in the in the game for a long time now. Uh, what are the big changes that you see in the fundraising space?
2: Well, I've seen a, a major increase in the fund to need. Where the moment where we have the special appeal or the directed ask, it's just it's so successful. It is an opportunity for everyone in the room to participate. So our uh, the expectations of both the donors and the charities have really continued to rise. So we've seen major success and more money coming in at the fund to need. We've seen the silent auctions become a little leaner, more efficient. Um, the really strategic and the items they get, of course, they're being very careful to go through last year's, you know, the early years of my career, we would go to a meeting and someone would pull out the three ring binder and there'd be these massive stacks of Excel spreadsheets and they'd plop it down. They'd say, well, this is what we got last year. So you take this, if you take that, let's go out and get it again. Well, now that we have, um, we're able to organize our data, we're able to say, well, I don't think that gym membership and that teeth whitening and the closet organization and the tax preparation, that didn't sell last year. So maybe we don't need to put that in our silent auction again. So our groups have been super uh, efficient in their silent auction selection. And I've seen a major increase in the amount of interactive things we're doing. Like right now we've got a, a, a super fun activity where we'll get an item donated on the center of every table. And we will quickly, you know, everyone put your hands up on the count of three. Point to someone who's in charge at your table. One, two, three, go. They, of course, don't have any idea what we're talking about. That person is selected. I say, if you've been selected and duly elected, please stand up. they there's a tremendous groan. They think they're going to have to come to the board, work out a math problem. No, your lucky job is to sell this item that's been donated on the center of the table. You're going to do it by live auction. Don't worry, I'm going to give you plenty of time. You've got 90 seconds to do it. And we say, you know, repeat after me. Go to give it I'm just kidding. Repeat after me. 100, 200, 300, it's just that easy. Once you get into the thousands and you need help, I'll come to your table and help you.
0: Huh. And
2: the, the best part is, whichever person in the room, now every item on every table will sell, but yes. the person that pays the most in the room, the highest bidder in the room that person we reserve a special prize for and so what's really amazing is people don't know what the other tables are selling it for there's this great sense of competition there's a great way of engaging everybody in every single table it's a great way for people to get to know one another at the table and uh recently we did this we had a hockey puck on every table and uh, the winner whoever paid the most got a chance to hang out with a brand new owner of this professional hockey team And we had 60 tables, and it raised $38,000 in just under 11 minutes. And super fun by everybody. Yeah.
0: Super fantastic! Incredible. Great idea. great. Well, the thing I'm taking away from our conversation here today, Ben, is that you're clearly an entertainer, and that is such important value that benefit auctioneer specialists bring to your event is 95% of them are great entertainers. We know how to engage the audience and how to extract that extra money, as you've clearly demonstrated here during this interview. So, Ben, we want to thank you very much for your time. Uh, folks that want to now, do you work exclusively in North Carolina, or are you able to travel?
2: Uh, I'm certainly able to travel. We also have auctioneer partners in many states. So uh, if you're listening, if, if I can't personally help you, I certainly have someone uh, who I know and trust who I can connect you with. So we do quite a bit in uh, around the country, and we have a, a huge network of great benefit auctioneers. So I'm happy to, happy to help you. And for many, many charities, of course, there's only so many Saturday nights and Friday nights. Many groups, we simply help them on the consulting side giving them some of the ideas like we shared today, uh, focusing on their timeline and their efficiency and uh, creating great strategies for celebration. So many groups, we just simply help them by consulting over the phone and then they put that into practice in their marketplace.
0: Fantastic. And where can people reach out to you?
2: Oh, they can find us, of course, online at custombenefitauctions.com. Custombenefitauctions.com.
0: We always like to ask our guests if they have a special offer that they would like to make to our listeners.
2: Well, uh, I, we are. In fact, it's funny you say that. I'm super excited about what a great new product we've got because we get so many requests about the fund need. How we do it? How we create so much energy? How is it such a celebratory moment? How do we get everyone in the room to participate? We have created an online course, and that's available at CustomBenefitAuctions.com. And this online course is A to Z everything you need to do to conduct a profitable, efficient and successful fund funded need direct appeal special appeal whatever you want to call it the answers are there and so happy to provide that for everyone listening today so just check it out on the web
0: fantastic well our special guest today has been ben farrell and uh, ben uh, we really appreciate you sharing your expertise with us here at events with benefits
2: fantastic thanks for having me and thanks for everyone taking the time to listen to our uh, our talk today pleasure to be with you.
0: Thanks for listening to the show this week. For show notes, special offers, or to listen to previous episodes, you can visit us at eventswithbenefits.com. Please also consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. And if you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and write us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at hosts at eventswithbenefits.com. We'll see you next time.